Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. This morning, if you have your Bibles, we're going to continue on and accelerate part two. We'll take communion at the end, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen. We'll, we'll do that at the end. Accelerate part two. We started Accelerate part one last week. And, you know, I guess that makes sense if we're on part two this week. Accelerate. The Lord wants to increase you. He wants to expand. I'm glad one of you is excited about that. The Lord wants to increase and expand, enlarge your territory today. He wants to expand and increase you. Some of you have been in maintenance mode far too long. You've been maintaining. You've been trying to maintain your spirituality, maintain your family, maintain your health, maintain your fight. Can we just blast maintenance mode out of the water today and say, Lord, I'm ready for increase. I'm ready to expand. I'm ready. I'm ready, Lord, for, for favor. I'm ready, Lord, for your blessing. I'm ready, Lord, to walk in the anointing that you've placed on my life. I'm tired of just talking about it. I'm just, I'm tired of everybody else getting blessed and, and me seemingly get. I don't know if anybody here, I, I'm tired of everybody else getting the blessing. I want the blessing of the Lord in my life. I want the abundance of the Lord in my life. Don't pass me by, Jesus. <laughs> I'm hungry for you, Lord. It's time to increase your vision today. We're going to talk about a God-sized vision. Do you have a vision that is limiting yourself from receiving all that God has for you? How big is your vision today? Deuteronomy 111 says, May the Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times. Everybody say a thousand times. That wasn't everybody. Everybody say a thousand times. There we go. More numerous than you are and bless you as he has promised you. The promise of the Lord is for you, not against you. If he is for you, who can be against you? Who can separate you from the love of God? Can trial or tribulation or persecution? What can separate you from his love today? Nothing can separate you. You can step into the fullness, the blessing of the Lord on your life. What would your life look like if he increased you a thousand times more from where you're at today? What would your life look like if he increased you abundantly above all that you can ask, think, or imagine? What would happen if we began to live like the Bible was real? What would happen if we lived like what Jesus said was the truth? What would happen... What would happen? Say it with me. I am, I am being increased by the Spirit of God a thousand times more than I am right now. Woo, I am. I am being increased. <laughs> I am being increased. 
You're not breathing this moment to waste air. God didn't breathe life into your lungs to waste it on your life being wasted away. I don't think you heard me. God didn't put breath in your lungs for you to waste it. The trees and the stars and the moon aren't declaring the glories of God for you to sit by and waste away in your sin and your depravity. God placed those things in this life to declare his glory. You're here on this earth to proclaim the excellencies of the Lord, the one who's called you out of... It's time for you to increase. (laughs) Jabez said, Oh! that you would hear me. There is, there is something stirring on the inside of him. There is a burden, there is a passion placed in him by the Lord. Oh, that you would bless me. I want the blessing of the Lord. Why? Is this so you can get rich and sit by and watch everybody else squatter? No, the Lord is releasing blessing into your life so that there might be overflow. The blessing of the Lord, increase of the Lord in your life is so that there would be overflow. He has anointed you for wealth. He has anointed you to create. I'm not just talking about money this morning, but he has anointed you. There is an anointing on your life to create resource, create finances. The same word of the Lord that created the the sun, the moon, the stars, and all that we see is the same word that's resident on the inside of you. It has creative power on the inside of you. if you'll just begin to speak out the word of God that's resident on the inside of you, if you begin to operate in the anointing of God on your life, there'll be increase. Why in the world would you continue on doing something that you hate? Why would you continue on in a cycle of of lies and depression and discouragement? Just going through the motions, just going through the routine. You know, some people like that. Why do we get stuck there? Y'all getting quiet up in here this morning. Why do we get stuck? We get stuck there because it's comfortable. We get stuck in the routine and the ritual and the, and the comfort areas of our life because it's just that. It's comfortable. Being increased means expansion. It means branching out. It means doing something new. It means seeing something you haven't seen before. It means doing something that maybe you've not done before. It means walking in an anointing that you haven't walked in before. It may mean understanding that there's an anointing from the Holy One on your life for something that you may have not even ever thought of before. It has not entered the mind of man what God has planned for you. But when you begin to say, God, give me your vision. God, give me eyes to see what you see. All of a sudden, enlargement, expansion begins to take place in your life. Mark chapter 10 and verse 46. Mark chapter 10. If you've got it, say amen. Only five of you brought your Bibles to church. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. If you've got your phone or your Bible, your iPad, and you've got there, Mark chapter 10, got it? Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to start piping in page-turning noises so we know that y'all are paying attention. Maybe fake, but it'll help me. (laughs) Now they came to Jericho. 
And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude, and a great multitude. By the way, let me just say here, Jesus is on his way to Passover. There was a multitude that was with him. Most of the people that were going to Jerusalem for Passover feast were, had to pass through Jericho. So there's a large crowd. There's a commotion going on. They're celebrating the Passover. And here's his disciples and a great multitude. And blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And so Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. We read it last week, but 2 Kings 6, 2 Kings 6, verse 14 through 17 says, Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah prayed, Lord, I pray that you would open his eyes that he might see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. We need the God-sized vision in our life. We need to be able to see what God sees in our life, not limit ourselves to what we see in the natural. A God-sized vision is a vision that sees things in future forward. We're not busy looking over the things that were in the past. We're not busy complaining and mumbling and grumbling around in the things that were, but we're seeing what God has intended for us in the future. All things are possible to him that believes. We're looking forward to what God has in store for us. I remember going in the scripture, going back to Luke chapter one, there was a woman. What was her name? Her name was Mary. Here's Mary going about her business. She was looking forward to getting married someday. She found her, her boyfriend. She found her, her arm candy. She was happy with Joseph. She loved Joseph. She wanted to marry Joseph. They were planning a big wedding. An angel comes and visits her and says, Mary, you've been chosen. Who, me? And what was Mary's response? She didn't quite understand how it was all going to take place. The Holy Spirit's going to what? Overshadow me? And I'm going to have a baby? You hang on a second. You don't understand something. We're not married yet. What do you mean? I know that in today's world that doesn't mean anything. But in Bible, in the scripture, that meant we ain't going to have a baby because we ain't married yet. Okay, just, just make sure you're all clear on that. So she, I, we, ain't, we ain't married. We're going to have a baby. What has, how's that going to happen? But she said, let it be unto me. 
Whatever it is, Lord, that you have planned, whatever it is, God, that you are working out in my life, let it be to me. Let, the, let it work out. I don't, let it work out in my life. Lord, you have spoken over my life that you have, you've called me. You have chosen me. You have set me apart. Lord, let it be. I don't understand how I'm going to minister to that person like you want me to. I don't understand how I'm going to be, uh, be doing what you've called me to do. I don't understand how this dream or this vision is going to come to pass that you've spoken in my life. But Lord, whatever it is, let it be unto me. Let it come to pass. God has called you out of darkness. He has called you by your name. He knows every detail of your life and every purpose and plan that he has for you. The possibilities of your future are not determined by your merit or your skills. The possibilities that he has for you are determined because he's called you according to his own good pleasure. You aren't skilled enough. You don't have the talent enough. You don't have the wisdom enough. But he's called you anyway. He's called you in spite of you. He's called you because it was his pleasure to do so. He's called you out of darkness into light. This is what the Bible says he's called, by the way. He's called you out. He's called you these things. He's called me out of darkness into light. He's called me his child. He's called me into fellowship with his son. He called me to peace. He called me by the grace of Christ. He called me in one hope. He called me into one body. He's called me for the purpose of sanctification. He's called me through the gospel. He called me to take hold of eternal life. He called me with a holy calling. He called me brother. I'm called by God. He called he called me to inherit a blessing. He called me to his eternal glory in Christ. He called me by his own glory and his own excellence. He's called you today. And I'm not talking about picking up your iPhone 7. Say, hello, Jesus. <laughs> what you got? He's called you. He's called you according to his purpose and plans, according to the name of Christ. You bear the seal of the Holy Spirit on your life. That means everything he's planned and purposed and intended for your life is available to you right now. If you begin to have the eyes to see this God-sized vision, there are more. There are more. There are more with you than there are with them. Stop looking at the enemy. Stop talking about the enemy and all the enemy wants to do and he's going to tear me down and he's after. Would you stop glorifying the devil and everybody that's out to get you? Look, there's more with me than there are with him. I am more than a conqueror in Christ. This, this blind Bartimaeus, he couldn't see in the natural. He's sitting on the roadside. He can't see in the natural. And he's asking, who's coming? What's this commotion all about? And they tell him it's Jesus of Nazareth. But his response was, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. You see, there's, he saw something that the people around him couldn't see. That Jesus of Nazareth was a, was a title placed on Jesus by his name and the location of where he was from. The blind man called him according to the Messianic prophecy, you're the son of David. In other words, Jesus, Messiah, have mercy on me. Son of David, my healer, my savior, have mercy on me. He saw something that the others couldn't see. Those who truly see, 
Those who truly see won't settle for second best. They won't settle for what they have today because they are driven by a desperation to achieve and to receive all that God has promised for them tomorrow. They're looking forward to the next day. They're looking forward to all that God has intended for their life and they won't settle until they receive all that God has for them. You might look at me and call me crazy. You might look at someone in this room and say, you're just too passionate. You're too fanatical. Why are you so passionate about the Lord? Why are you so passionate about the things of God? Because I've tasted and I've seen. I've seen the other side. I know what's on the other side of this mountain. And I'm pressing through to achieve and to receive all that God has for me. I don't want to settle for what was yesterday. I want all that he has. How could the people in scripture face fire and torment? How could they face the persecution that they went through? Hebrews 11, I love Hebrews 11 verse 32 says this, and what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Japheth and all, also of David and Samuel and the prophets. Who, faith, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the... My God, we are, we are too weak-hearted. When we come out to the battle, we run the other direction. And, oh God, I hope that someday you'll... No, we are called of Christ and need to stand at the front line and say, I will advance. I am increasing. I am anointed of the Lord for this circumstance and this situation. I'm not backing down. I have a blessing on the other side of this thing. I have a, a reward to receive on the other side of this situation. I'm not backing down, but I'm going to receive all that God has for me. Don't back down. Listen. It's easy to run. It's easy to say, throw in the towel. I'm done. I'm backing up. I'm getting out of this thing. See y'all later. I don't know. I don't know about this. But it takes a man or a woman that recognizes the anointing of God on their life. It takes a man or a woman that understands they have been called for such a time as this that will look death in the the face and look the circumstance dead on in the eyes and say, I have a vision from the Lord that doesn't look like this. Doesn't look like this mess. It doesn't look like this situation. It looks like breakthrough. It looks like healing. It looks like hope. It looks like restoration. And so I'm going to press through this until I until I see what God's promised. Some people's vision is about as narrow as a keyhole. You can see both eyes through it. You just get down there and look. It's about that narrow. You can see both of their eyes. You'll get that when you go home. God wants to expand and increase your vision. Women received, verse 35, women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted. Pastor, I was excited when you said increase, but I'm not too excited right now. They wandered in the sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute and afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. The Bible says that. 
That wasn't an accolade put on them by by some king or some ruler. The Bible says the world was not worthy of them. There was an anointing on them. It wasn't there. It wasn't them. There was an anoint- they were called of the Lord. They fulfilled the plans and the purposes of God. God worked in them the will and the do to accomplish what they had set forth to do. And, and miracles were worked at their hands. And God did through them. And the world was not worthy of it. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves in the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. What would keep them going? They didn't receive what they thought that they were going to get. They were murdered. They were tormented. They were persecuted. Yet they kept going. God having provided something better for us that they should not have been made perfect apart from us. God did, look at me, God did not waste Every ounce of the blood of his son and every martyr and prophet that has gone before. There is an anointing from the Holy One on your life. It is time to walk in the increase and the expansion of the Lord that he has promised. Stop going around the mountain. Come on, somebody preach, pastor. That's good. Stop going around the mountain and get into your promised land. It is your own sin and depravity and issues that are keeping you around that mountain. Pastor, go back to call me blessed. You are. It's the blessing of the Lord that you're still breathing. It's the blessing of the Lord that you're still going around that mountain. It's his blessing that is sustaining you and puts you here this morning to hear me say it's time to accelerate. It's time to get out of that mountain rut and it's time to get into your promised land. God didn't call you to scrounge around mopey, dopey, and depressed. Well, pastor, do Christians get depressed and they go through? Listen, do Christians breathe? Do you live in this life? The difference is, is we've got something called sanctification. The difference is that Jesus said he's making all things new. The difference is that, yes, we may face those things. The difference is I'm not living there. I'm moving on. I'm being set free. I'm being delivered. And I'm walking in the blessing of the Lord. So stop camping out in your captivity and get on in. Get on in. Get on in to the blessing of the Lord for your life. Stop complaining about everybody else that is around you and you get in. Well, I don't understand and I don't get it and I don't blah, 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 blah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, you don't. And you won't until you have the eyes to see. You'll be like the servant. Well, I don't get it. We're about ready to die, buddy. God, would you open his eyes? Let him see. There are more with us. Abel was murdered because he worshipped God. Enoch was ridiculed because he prophesied coming judgment. Noah was mocked because he built an ark and saved only his family. Abraham left his family and friends and was laughed at by his wife. Joseph was sold into slavery and went to prison. David was chased by murderers most of his life and had a son attempt to take over his kingdom, and he watched his son die because he did. Esther faced death. The disciples were all assassinated. Daniel went to the lion's den. John was boiled in oil and exiled. Herod tried to abort and kill Jesus. 
Abortion is not a new thing. They tried to kill all the babies when Jesus was born. Remember? The devil has tried to stop year after year after year, thousands of years. He's tried to stop the promises and the plans of God. Hasn't worked yet. The kingdom of God is advancing and the violent take it by force. There, there is absolutely nothing that will come your way that cannot be overcome by the blood of Jesus and the word of your testimony. It's Bible. We're too busy speaking death instead of life. We're too busy camping out on the side of the road, letting everybody else telling us, be quiet. Everybody else wants you to quiet down and be reserved, be controlled. You need to look dignified. I've, I'm sorry, if I was sitting... If you, if you were sitting somewhere dying and somebody told you that the person who could heal you and keep you alive was walking by, don't you think that you would get a little noisy? Excuse me. It's funny. I can always tell, you know, when, when we're especially, you know, not just in church service, but in ministry trips and doing different things in ministry, you can always tell who the hungry people are because they won't leave you alone. They always want your attention. They're hungry for something more. They want your time. They want, tell me about this. Tell me about this. I, can you tell me how this works? What does the Bible say about this? What is, well, what's your experience about this? Well, can, can we do this? Can we do this? Why? Because they're hungry. There's something that's driving them on the inside for something more. Vision sees what God is making you to be. Vision, the God-sized vision, allows you to see what God's making you to be, not who you were. Stop identifying yourself by your past. Stop trying to make yourself something that you're not. You know, everybody, everybody wants a, you know, their ears to look right and their nose. They're all, everybody's unhappy. You know, let's go get plastic surgery and change how my eyes look, my nose, my chin. You know, I got a double chin and I got to get rid of this and Got to firm that up and what's the latest, what's the latest cream you can put on it? What's the latest thing, you know, can we tag it up and tie it up and everybody. The church world's no different. You know, let's be like the greatest, latest fad. Who's the, who's the newest, trendiest thing? Let's be like them. They got, they got this kind of light and this kind of sound system and they do this and do that. Let's just copy what they've got. We'll be like that. Can we stop all of that and just be happy with who God's made us to be? Well, I got to try the next best diet and get all... I, you know, the reason why you're trying the next best diet, you just move on from diet to diet is because you're not happy with yourself. If you're, when you get happy with yourself, you'll start living nutritionally. There's a freebie. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just, just be okay with who you are. Be okay with who God's called you to be. When you rest in who God has made you to be, you'll be okay with what he's transforming you to be. But when you're in anxiety about, well, I don't like this and I don't like that and I need to change this and do this, you'll, you are going to argue with God every time he comes to you and says, hey, we need to work on this. We need to change this. Well, no, God, I think we need to work on this. I think this needs to be changed. I think I need to, I need to look better. I need, we need to do this different. 
Does anybody hear what I'm saying this morning? Just, just be happy. You know, growing up in ministry, I always thought if I was gonna, if I was gonna be a man of God, I had to, I had to act like one of the great men of God in the past. So I always thought, well, I, need, I just need to copy Smith Wigglesworth because, you know, Smith Wigglesworth was a great man of God and saw signs and wonders and great things happen in his ministry. So I just need to be like Smith Wigglesworth. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray three hours a day. I'm going to pray three hours a day. I don't think I ever made it. <laughs> I, know, I know that surprises you. I don't think I ever made it. I always thought, well, I got to pray. You know, Benny Hinn prays for four hours before he preaches. I got to pray for four hours before I go out and preach. And nobody can talk to me before I pray. I'm holy and I got to be holified and pray enough and do enough. And by the time I got out to preach, I was exhausted. I'd been praying for the whole day. Just be who God's called you to be. Stop striving over trying to be somebody else. He's called you. We talked about this. He's called you. He's called you out of your mess. If you are living in poverty, you need to get out of it. That's not who he's called you to be. Uh-oh, it got quiet up in here. If, he's call, if, if you're living in depression, he's called you out of that. If you're living in discouragement, he's called you out of that. If you're living in fear, he's called you out of that. If you're living in a lie, he's called you out of that. Stop camping out in the old man and walk in newness of life. The mercy of God is making you into what he's called you to be. The mercy of God towards you. His mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. It's from the mercy seat that he speaks to us. His mercies are over all his work. His covenant is established in mercy. In his love and in his mercy, he has redeemed us. According to his mercies, we are not consumed. His mercies endure forever. His mercy is upon generation after generation towards those that fear him. He is the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. As we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But God who is rich, but God who is rich in mercy, let us draw near with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace. When we have vision, God vision, Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy. And they call him up. Come here, Jesus. Come here. There's a crowd all gathered around. I'm sure that it took a little bit to get the man up to Jesus. He's blind. So obviously he's being helped. <laughs> get to Jesus. I'm just painting a picture for you. What's happening? What do you want? What can I do for you? As if Jesus needed to know what the man needed. I mean, by this time, he's got, he's got a, he's somebody, he's blind. They're helping him. I mean, it's kind of obvious. Something's not right. Jesus, hello. But Jesus still asked him, what do you need? I want my sight. 
it's interesting to me, one of the greatest, one of the greatest difficulties for most believers is that they have no eyes to see. But when you see, when you see, when you see Jesus, receive your sight. What was the first thing he looked at? <laughs> Jesus. Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, delighting himself in the Lord. When you begin to see Jesus, he didn't want, he threw off his medicant's coat. He, that, that coat that he was wearing was probably the equivalent of half of his worth. He throws off his medicant coat. He no longer needs it. Why? He's clothed with heavenly garments. He's got heavenly clothes on now. He's been clothed with the garments of Christ. He's walking up in freedom knowing that he's walking walking into the anointing. He's walking into the man who is anointed to heal him, set him free, and off he goes. He doesn't go his own way. Jesus said, go your own way. Go, go, shoo, go. Just to see what he'll do. Just to see. What does he do? He follows Jesus. He goes on into Jerusalem for the Passover. He goes on in following Jesus, delighting himself in the Lord. Delighting himself in God. When you have vision, a God vision, and you step into this place of expansion and acceleration, your foremost drive and passion in all that God is doing, number one, is your joy in God. You find delight in him. Well, brother, I thought Christianity was supposed to be a drudgery. I don't know. It was so funny. And people get so aggravated about the joy. You know, I know I talk about this, but it's so funny. Well, I just, don't, I just don't like the joy. I just don't like people laughing in church. I don't, like, I don't like all that. Of all of the things to get bothered by, we have demons that cry out, scream out, and people get delivered from them, and you get mad about the joy? Get mad at the devil who's screaming in church. Yeah. All the silly things. That we, just the, the joy. The joy. Well, I don't get the joy. It is joy of your salvation. Yes. If you want to be depressed in your Christianity, go for it. Hello. If you want to be discouraged in your Christianity, just be there. Be discouraged. Well, I just don't like falling on the floor. Stop falling on the floor. I'm pushing you. It's so funny. Some of the things people say. Well, I don't like falling on the floor. Well, get up. We didn't tell you to fall on the floor. It was all about falling on the floor. We just all come line up. I'd count to three. We'd all fall down and go home. Make my job easy. <laughs> he threw, he laid it, this blind Bartimaeus, he laid it all aside and followed the Lord. He found joy in Christ. This man had set him free, liberated him. Why do you get upset when people get up, get happy? You know, there's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with that. When people get upset because people get happy. Oh, I know what it is. I'm sorry. I know what it is. 
I know what it is. Well, it's just not right in church. We gotta be, it's, we've got to be controlled. There has to be order. There, let, me, let me tell you something about order. Let me tell you something about order. Go read. Go read the story we just read. Really read it. Let me illustrate it for you. Jesus! Son of David! <laughs> Pastor, you're out of order. just reading the Bible for you, I'm illustrating scripture. That's exactly what happened. There was a crowd, there, were, there was a crowd around Jesus. There was a commotion in the city. Passover was happening. Things were noisy. Well, you just don't know what will happen when, you know, you just let that one person go and you just don't know what's going to happen. You're right. I don't know. I don't foresee the future. You're absolutely right. I don't know. But I have been anointed as a pastor and I have a mouth and I know how to say, shut up and sit down. <laughs> You're out of line. Pastor, you just said that. Yes, I did. Some of, some of the things we come up with is absolutely ludicrous. I'll tell you what Smith Wigglesworth did with them. I'm not Smith Wigglesworth. We covered this already. But I'll tell you what Smith Wigglesworth did with them. When people got out of line in his service, he just said, be quiet, and they'd fall to the floor. Why do you think we lay hands on people? Yeah, they might be getting something, but there are some people I'd just rather than be on the floor. Say, that's out of order. It works. God's dealing with them. They're on the floor. I don't need to deal with them. God's dealing with them. It's going to be okay. Why do people fall? I mean, you say, Pastor, why are you asking these things? Why are you doing this? Because people want to know. Why do people fall? Because they can't stand. Okay. This is nothing new. It's in the Bible. Let me let me Give it to you. Barney Warren. Anybody know who Barney Warren is? Probably not. He lived, he's actually from Ohio. Uh, he died in Springfield. He's buried there. He's a hymn writer. He's a hymn writer in the 1900s. He wrote a song you might be familiar with. It's an old hymn. It says this, I have found the joy no tongue can tell how its waves of glory roll. It's like a great overflowing well springing up within my soul. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Full of glory. Full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, the half has never yet been told. What, what, what would possess a man to write a song about the joy of the Lord. Go figure. He got touched by the Lord in the holiness movement and laughed. That's what happened. He got touched by the Lord in the holiness revival and, and became a church of God hymn writer and wrote that hymn. Charles Finney. 
But as I turned and I was about to take a seat by the fire, I received a mighty baptism of the Holy Ghost without any expectation of it, without ever having the thought in my mind that there was any such thing for me, without any recollection that I'd ever heard. The thing mentioned by any person in the world, the Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of, of, electri of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love, for I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. I recollect distinctly that it seemed to fan me like immense wings. No words can express the wonderful love that was shed abroad in my heart. I wept aloud with joy and love, and I do not know, but I should say I literally bellowed out the unutterable gushings of my heart. These waves came over me and over me and over me, one after another, until I recollect I cried out, I shall die if these waves continued to pass over me. I said, Lord, I cannot bear any more. Amy Simple McPherson, how happy I was, oh how happy. Happy just to feel his wonderful power taking control of my being. Oh, glory, that sacred hour is so sweet to me. The remembrance of its sacredness thrills me as I write. Almost without my notice, my body slipped gently to the floor, and I was lying stretched out under the power of God, but I felt as though caught up and floating upon the billowy clouds of glory. Jonathan Edwards wrote of the Great Awakening, Their joyful surprise has caused their hearts, as it were, to leap, so that they would have been ready to break forth into laughter, tearing often at the same time, issuing like a flood and intermingling a loud weeping. E.M. Bounds, the power of God came mightily upon us so that many cried out for exceeding joy and many fell to the ground. A.B. Simpson in 1897 wrote, writing about one of the effects of the Spirit, he said, fullness of joy so that the heart is constantly radiant. This does not depend on circumstances but fills the Spirit with holy laughter in the midst of the most trying surroundings. Anybody heard of Oswald Chambers? I know Oswald Chambers in 1907. He wrote this. It is an unspeakably blessed thing to see souls come out under the blessing of the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. Some simply laugh peals of the heartiest and most blessed laughter you have ever heard. Just a modern edition of then was our mouth filled with laughter. Many souls cut loose. There were tears and laughter and all the blessed signs of those revival times the Lord brings so mysteriously and suddenly upon His people. It is a great business to open up all the windows of the soul to heaven and live on the hallelujah side. <laughs> this isn't new. <laughs> none of this, none of this is new. We're just preaching Bible. I'm just talking to you about expansion. I'm just talking to you about stepping in to all that God has promised for you. Get eyes to see. Eyes to see what God is doing. Jesus looked at the disciples and said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood. What'd they do? They ran. They ran for the hills when Jesus said that. And he looks at the disciples and said, that stayed and said, does this offend you also? Having eyes to see. People don't see what's in front of their face. And so today I want to say to you, you've got to have God-sized vision. 
Stop living in the limitations of what is here and now and say, it's time to break out. It's time for breakthrough in my life. It's time for me to live in a miracle. It's time for me to live in breakthrough. It's time for me to live under the blessing of the Lord. Slap somebody next to you and say, it's time for you to live in a breakthrough. Come on, get them, hit them hard. Some of them are sleeping. It's time to live in breakthrough. It's time to take off the cover of your depression. It's time to take off the coat of what you've identified with so long and say, I'm no longer identifying with my past. I'm no longer identifying with blindness. I'm no longer identifying with deadness. I'm getting up out of my place of beggarness and I'm walking in the blessing of the Lord. That's a word for somebody. I'm not begging anymore for the old junk. Yeah, I sat by the road and I begged for everybody's junk. I wanted their leftovers. Some of you have been living on everybody else's leftovers. It's time to get your blessing. It's time to get yourself in the presence of the Lord. It's time to get yourself in the presence of the Lord. Stop watching everybody else get it. Well, they got healed. I'm just going to sit here on the side of the road. I don't want to cause Jesus any trouble. He's busy. He's on his way to Jerusalem. I don't want to bother Jesus. Aren't you so humble? (laughs) I don't want to get too rowdy. And miss your miracle. Say, well, pastor, is it all about the, the expressiveness You've missed everything I just said. Has absolutely has absolutely nothing to do with your expressiveness. But when there is a heart on the inside of you that's hungry for God, when there's something bursting on the inside of you to live in the fullness of all that God's promised, this world ain't going to shut you up. Yeah. Circumstance is not going to shut you up. They've tried to shut me up. It doesn't work. <laughs> They've tried to stop me. It's just not happening. Somebody asked me one time, they said, Pastor, why do, you, why do you need security? Why do we have security team? Well, it's not really about me, but it's about the church. You, you would be surprised at the death threats and things that people say against a pastor. This, genera- this world doesn't like, one, they don't like what we're offering. They'd rather put us back in the box and shove us in a vault somewhere, say that's, that's antiquated, that's old, we don't need that. I have pastors tell me that. That's antiquated. What you're doing, that's the old school. That's the old school way. No, what I'm doing is the Bible way. (laughs) This is Bible. If you have a problem with that, then tough. I ain't stopping. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. It's time to start living in breakthrough. It's time to start living in the breakthrough of the Lord. It's time for increase. It's time for increase. It's time to expand.
It's time for increase. It's time for breakthrough in your life. You don't have to listen to what everybody said about you anymore. You don't have to listen to what they've said anymore. I don't know you, but I just, the Lord's just speaking to me for you that you don't have to listen anymore to what they've said. Those lies are just that, they're lies. They're absolutely lies. You don't have to continue on in the cycle of those lies anymore. The anointing of the Lord can break that off of your life and you can step into the fullness of everything that God's promised for you. You're his child. He delights himself in you. Do you know that? God delights himself in you. You are a delight to the Father, not because of your greatness, but because Jesus has called you his own. He's called you. And because he's called you, because he's chosen you, you del he delights in you. He delights in you and loves you. No more having to carry the bondage of yesterday. It's time for increase. You're busting out. Your home is breaking through. Your home is breaking through. Your family is breaking through. There's breakthrough coming to your family. There's breakthrough coming to your family. No longer do the, do the chains and the bondages of this, of this world have to hold them. You just stand firm. My house will be called a house of prayer. You, you thought he was talking about the church. Well, he was, but he's talk, you can talk about your home. My house shall be called the house of prayer. My home, my home, my physical home, my dwelling place is going to be a place of prayer. I'm not going to continue. I'm not going to let. Yeah, you just keep praying for him. I'm not going to let. I'm not going to let the devil have my house. I'm not just going to sweep things up, clean things up, and let seven more of his little cohorts come in. I'm going to clean things up, fill it up with the Holy Ghost, and it's going to be a place of prayer 24-7. I'm going to turn the worship on. Why is your house in turmoil? Turn the ugly TV off. Get rid of your cable and get Netflix if you need to. Pick and choose what you allow in the airwaves of your house. Let them be Holy Ghost airwaves. Fill it up with Jesus. Fill it up with worship. Get out the junk. Breakthrough. 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 Time to accelerate shifting gears. I've watched it. I've watched it this week. I told you. I said this was going to happen. It's so funny. I had no idea. I had no clue. This week, I've watched. I've, I've watched this week three different ministries get birthed. They're in, the, they're in beginning phases right now. Three. This week, people stepping in. Say, well, that doesn't seem like a lot. <laughs> I don't know about you, but three, three birth, birthing of three different new, new ministries for people who've never led anything like, like this is going to be huge. What you doing? Come, come here. This is one of them. I didn't push her, and that wasn't... 
I've been sitting too long. I need to stand up and get excited. <laughs> yeah, um, we're getting ready to, um, or we are starting uh, evangelism ministry, outreach evangelism. Um, and, you know, we're not asking anybody to get any stupid signs that say, uh, let's say, repent, the Lord has come, uh, you know. Um, n n we're not yet anyway. Um, never, ever. Oh, good. Oh, thank you, Lord. Um, thank you for that encouragement. But um, anyway, you know, it's interesting because uh, I haven't told you this yet. Um, well, it's funny because I took it because it's, it's um, Kathy... Um, uh, Millward and Michael Arbino and I are working on this. Um, so anyway, so I took Kathy home on Wednesday night, and she, she and I are both in the car, and we're talking about, oh, we're not, I, I don't feel equipped. I don't know the, you know, I just don't know what I should do. And then on, on Friday at work, you know, you sit at work, and you think, um, you know, who can I re reach out to? Um, and, you know, I'm sitting there thinking I'm not equipped, whatever. So, and it's not, an, it's not the whole thing where you have to dangle somebody over the pit and, and say, repent or die or go to hell or whatever. It's just a matter of the guy walks into my office and he starts talking about spiritual stuff. And I, it, you know, we were talking and he says, yeah, he says, I believe. And I said, well, do you, um, you know, how, w you know, what do you believe? And he said, well, I believe that I'm, I'm good enough to go to heaven if, because I haven't done anything really bad. So I think I'm probably good enough. And I just looked at him. I said, Aaron, if you died today, and it was just a conversation. I said, if you died today, do you, do you think you'd go to heaven? He says, yeah, I think so. I said, Aaron, you got to know so, you know. And, I, you know, it's one of those things where it doesn't have to be, uh, it doesn't have to be forceful. It, it's just set in love. You know, we all have, we can all think of two people that we know that we love that are, at this point, are not going to be in heaven with us. But we at least have to know that we're, we're reaching other people. It might not be that that person that's on my heart isn't the person that, um, that I'm going to be able to reach because I probably burned them out a long time ago. But there's somebody else that, that I hope is filling in that spot that I've already messed up. And um, I don't know. I'm just getting excited. <laughs> better, better you burn them out here than they burn them. Well, you know, it's funny because because you know we you know we invite people to church, but it's a whole lot easier to get them to to church if they believe. You know, and it's and it, we always think if we can just drag them in the door, pastor will take care of the rest. Uh. -uh. <laughs> That's not what we're supposed to do, and that's not the way it works. Um, our job is to go out and reach people, everybody, everybody that becomes an opportunity for us. Awesome. Praise him. Everybody say, it's time. time. It's time for my breakthrough. It's time, time for me to accelerate. Time to get it in gear. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. 
You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.